Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise God for that. Can you get my little wreath right there? My little Christmas wreath there. All right. Today we're going to talk about the power of joy. Amen. Look at that. Put it right here. Ain't that cute? Not really, but okay. We're excited that you're here today. And I'm excited that you're online or watching as well. We're so excited. We see a lot of people online today, and, and, and uh, we are just happy that you're with us, whether you're in person or if you're online. You know, with this pandemic, I know a lot of people are still, still trying to figure out when to come, how to come, and all that. We're open. We're ready for you if you want to come. We, we sanitize all the seats. We spray everything. Everything's done and good. We got sanitation everywhere. So we just want you to come be a part whenever you feel comfortable. But until then, please continue to um, watch online and continue, please, to, to, uh, to, to pay your tithes and your offerings to help us at, at the end of the year to, to make sure that we meet budget for the year. And um, also today, don't forget, we got all the Christmas cards out front. When you walk out the door right beside the nativity scene, there's four different types of uh, Christmas cards. Go ahead and grab one or two of those. It's already got the postage stamp on it. All you got to do is text somebody and say, what's your address? And then you just love on them a little bit, and, and you know, and so it's just, we just want to bless you guys and let you, help you connect with people, because it's all about inspiring love, life, and relationships. So um, uh, we just, just want to give you the opportunity, so go ahead and take that. There's, there's probably 75 or 100 of them out there, so take a couple of them, and then we'll have some for next week um, also um, that, that we didn't use today, and we want you to, to be able to spread joy, amen? So today we're going to talk about the power of joy. The first week, we talked about um, the power of hope, and we talked about God was that constant hope in us, that we can always have hope. We, we found out the first week that, that you can't have faith without hope, because faith is the sub, substance of things hoped for, right? So if you, can't, if you don't hope, then you can't even have faith. And then we found about God's peace, and how God's peace is so good and so great to us, and that Jesus said, I give you my peace. My peace I give to you. And we talked about how that was important because of the fact that, that Jesus walked this earth and he had this particular type of peace that God gave him and that he was able to look in the face of the enemy. He was being able to be scourged and beaten and whipped and talked about and, and plucked and just, just, just whipped beyond almost to death. And he still kept his calm. They accused him. He was always just had his peace about him. And Jesus said, it's, it's tried and it's tested. You can have it if you want it. I don't need it no more. I'm going back to the, to the throne, so I don't need this human peace. But my peace I give to you. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings that to us. Because he said, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit for you. So that's exciting. Today we're going to talk about um, joy. And then next week we're going to talk about love. Uh, you know, so, so that's really exciting. Um, today I want to read this one scripture to you. We're going to be talking from James chapter 1 and Psalms 43 and just a couple of verses. But I want to read this verse prior to both of those. Matter of fact, I don't even think, John, I, th I, think, I don't even think I gave this to you. Um, 1 John 1 and 4. And these things we write that, you may be f uh, that your joy may be full. And so that's what I'm praying today. That after today, that when you leave here, that your joy may be full. That you may have the hope of joy and the peace that you're going to have joy, even if you don't have it right this moment. Okay, you see, uh, uh, Robert Rainey said, Joy is a flag. Um, joy is a flag which is flown from the castle of the heart when the king is in residence there. I think that's good. Tony Evans said, Christians in crisis are undergoing, undergoing, Christians in crisis are undergoing extreme makeovers. So when you're going through stuff, just know that you're going through a makeover. Okay? 
Um, there is more joy in Jesus than 20. This is R.A. Tory said. There's more joy in 24 hours in Jesus than in the whole world in 365 days. I've tried them both. Amen. So what, it looks like we're all, everybody's searching. They're not even searching for joy, Nick. They're, they're searching for happiness. Have you ever heard anybody or have you said it yourself? I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. I just, all this stuff, all this, I just want to be happy. You know, that's what we're, and so, so if you're searching for happiness, that's what you're going to get probably. But the thing is, is I believe joy is what you're looking for because number one, joy and happiness are not the same. Okay? The, the happiness is based on circumstance. Um, happiness is based on happenstance. What happens to you determines your happiness. Okay? That's what's happen. What happens to you creates that. So, you know, maybe if you're looking forward to your in-laws coming over um, and, and you're looking forward to, to a good weekend, you have your finances in order, you and your wife or your husband or, or everything's hunky-dory and y'all are doing good and loving each other, your kids are obeying, you're doing all the chores, your finances are, are, are all in line and you're and making money, you know, you're, um, and then maybe you, you get along with everybody at work, your boss man's leaving you alone, you, you got a pay raise, you know, and, uh, and you're feeling good. And that makes you happy. But if one, one, just one of those things is not going well, happiness disappears. You can have everything going on right, but if one thing goes wrong, happiness goes away. Why? Because the circumstances of that thing that didn't go right, if your finances are not good, or if you and your, your spouse have a fight, or if, if, you, if your kid runs away, whatever it may be that happens in, in your life, that one thing trumps all the other happiness. Joy, but see, joy, joy, Jesus, others, and you. You think about it that way. When you think about joy, if you want joy, you put Jesus first, and then others second, and then you. Um, and it's, joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is dependent on the constant source of the joy. And out of the constant source of the joy is constant joy flowing. I want you to know it's impossible to have joy no matter what's going on in your life. In the deepest, darkest part of your life, in your best, biggest struggle, in your biggest failure, you, you can have joy. You can have joy. It's possible to live with God's perfect joy in your life. Okay, now, if you think back, if you remember me saying, no matter what happens in your life, you can always have hope because God is a God of hope, right? We talked about that. So you can always have hope. No matter what's happened, you can't give up hope. you gotta have, You always got to have hope. And then last week we talked about peace. No matter what happens in your life, you know God is a God of peace. Jesus is a prince of peace. Jesus gives us peace. So no matter what the circumstances are, you can always have peace. This week we find out that you can always have joy no matter what the circumstances are. And you know next week we're going to find out the same thing. Right? When it comes to love. So hopefully that itself is rele relevatory to you. That you can find out that you can have hope, joy, peace, and love no matter what happens in your life. That there's a place inside your spirit, inside your soul, that no matter what happens on the outside, no matter what happenstance, no matter what happens, you may be happy, maybe not, but you can have the joy of the Lord. So James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy. I do not like this scripture. I do not. Because it says, consider it pure joy, my brother. Okay, let's, let's make it personal. Consider it pure joy, Pastor Doug, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I don't like that. I don't want to consider it pure joy when I'm going through hell. Right? 
This is because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So yeah, I, I know I get perseverance and endurance and all that kind of stuff with that kind of stuff, but man, to consider it pure joy, wow. That, that just, you know, but, it, but you know what? It's a scripture that is hard to grasp, but it's a scripture that we have to grasp. It's a scripture that I have to get over that I don't like the fact that I'm going through a hard time and I can consider it pure joy. You know, and the reason I don't consider it pure joy sometimes is because I don't understand what's happening sometimes. But the thing is, we can always understand what God's word says. It says, I'm working it all out for your good. Well, then and you know what? If he's going to work this bad situation, this hell time that I'm walking, if he's working this out for my good, then I can have joy because I know that in the end it's going to be okay. You can look back at times you're going through bad times and see how God worked it out and brought you out of it. And you can have pure joy. You can have pure, pure joy because you know that, you know what, no matter what happens, my soul will say that I'm on my way to heaven. So I can have pure joy that, you know what, one day this happenstance, these circumstances are going to go away. And I know peace, eternal peace is going to be in my, in my future. And heaven is my home. This, this is, this, I'm in this world, not of this world. I'm just passing through. I'm going to walk right out of this valley, lift my hands, and praise the Lord. And you know what? When we look at it that way, all of a sudden, I don't mind that scripture so bad when I start really thinking about really what it's meaning. We look at it as just be happy no matter what happens. But that's not what the scripture's saying. You know, Philippians 4 and 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. The Living Bible in the same, the same verse says, Always be, be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Our joy comes from the Lord, not from our situation. So no matter what happens out here, we can have the, our joy in the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength, right? But we see people chasing after happiness. You ever seen one of those old movies where the man was in a safari outfit and he was going through the desert, was walking across the desert to, to, to get his woman or whatever, and he gets halfway through and he's all of a sudden he's down on the ground crawling and he's dragging, you know, and he, and he looks over there and he sees this oasis of water and a big old beautiful pool and he climbs to it, climbs to it, he sticks his hands down on that water and puts it in his mouth and has his mouth full of dirt. You seen that? Because what was it? It was a mirage wasn't true this world tells you you can have happiness and it's a mirage it's a lie it's not there it's, it's temporary you know that it was that temporary time from the time that you saw it and the time you wanted to get to it to the time you got to it once you get to that mirage you realize it's not true we look for, dr for drugs and alcohol and sex and pornography and uh, illicit relationships and all these other things and trying, to, trying our very best to try to find happiness. And we can't find it in those things. So we go from, from one relationship to another trying to find happiness. Well, this relationship ain't working out. I'm not happy, so I'm going to go over here. You know, we, we go from one home to another home. This, you know, I'm not happy here. Now, I know Jay O'Dell, him, him and Sherry just got him another house, and I'm not talking about them. They got a beautiful house. I went and saw it the other day. It was gorgeous. Um, and uh, they, they just moved, but they, they, I'm sure that's plan they're planning on that one being their last, last move. But some people, you know, they just move, they just move, they just move, they just move. I'm not happy here, I don't like here. I'm not happy in this relationship. I want another one. They, 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 um, they move from one job to another job. I'm not happy at this job. I need another job. I need another five-cent raise somewhere. Somebody offers me ten cents, I'll go there, you know. You know, uh, I need another hobby. This hobby's getting boring. I've done this all my life. I want to do something different. 
You know, but then they, you get there. There's, from one church to another church, I'm not happy at this church no more. Pastor made me mad. So-and-so looked at me wrong. So-and-so didn't say hey to me. Oh, my God, all they want is money. So-and-so, so-and-so. See, a, a, a wise pastor one time told me a while back, he said, Doug, God is looking for stickability. Whenever you get in ministry and you, you find a church and you're going to and you're, you're in ministry, whatever that is, a youth pastor at the time, he said, God needs people that can stick, stick around. He can use that. But if he don't know if you're going to come or go from time to time, he can't really use you. He needs a church that can stick together and stay together. You know, he needs relationships that can stick together and stay together. You know, that's, that's what's so good about That's why in jobs they give you tenure, but, you know, based on how long you stay, because the longer you stay, they appreciate it more so they give you raises. But see, but here we keep chasing after this mirage of happiness. But see, once we get that new job, we find out the same drama as there was at your last one. Once we get that new tax bracket, we know we got to pay more money, and now we really got less money than we had in the first place. You get in that new relationship, you realize that person has something wrong with them like the last person did. You find a new house, and you realize your next-door neighbor parties all night long and, and, and throw, does, does uh, fireworks 24-7 a year. You find a new church, and you realize everybody gossips everywhere, except for here. We really, we really try, we really try hard to, to against that because that's one thing I don't, I don't like to tolerate. Is what you're talking about, we, man, we sort of build one another up. And I know what happens, but if I find out about it, I'm gonna talk to you about it. Because we want to have love, we want to inspire love, life, and relationships. But you go somewhere to another church, you find out they got issues too. You know, it's, it's, we, we're, fine, we're, we're seeking this mirage. And God's like, if you just can stay still and just, just, just sit there and find the place you're supposed to be, find the relationship you're supposed to be, find the job you're supposed to be, find what you're supposed to be at, and then just, just trust me. Now, I'm not saying you've got to stay at a job all your life. You've got to stay in a relationship all your life because you, <laughs> because, because we do, do your best to do that, right? But, but the thing is, is we've got to look and find out, is this a mirage? Is this a false happiness? Is this fake news? You know, or is this something really that I can, that I can hold on to? See, I'm 53 years old now, and I, and I realize that I, if I let God control my life and let him be the master of my life, he can help me a whole lot better than my flesh when my flesh rules my life. Because my flesh never leads me to happiness. My fleshly nature only leads me to more fleshly nature. My flesh leads to more flesh. But my spirit leads to more spirit. So when I let God master my life, then I have, end up with more of God. But when I let my flesh master my life, I end up with more flesh and more flesh decisions, sin. They do not cause me to be happy. When I found Jesus, I became a believer, and I found the possibility of complete joy in him. Pastor Doug, you said I can have complete joy, and, even, and you don't even know what I'm going through right now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Quit listening to the lies of the devil that you'll never be happy. Because you can have complete joy in Jesus. And no matter what happens on the outside, inside right here. You know, it's kind of like whenever I was in, 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 the, in the Persian Gulf and it was like negative 20 degrees and 75 mile per hour winds and all this junk. You know, we had these big old, big old coats here on the outside and they were like this big and my thumb was like this big around because they had these big old gloves and this big old, it, I looked like an Eskimo walking around, you know. And so, but the thing is, it, was, it would rain, and it was windy, and it was cold, and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and waves would come and, 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 and off over the side of the, up to the 03 level and crash over us. You know, and I'm out there strapped to my flashing light pole trying to send a message because the captain wants to go eat supper with somebody later on that night. And I'm out here risking my life to send a little flashlight message. Can you eat with me tonight? I'm like, are you for real? 
You know, so I had to, I literally had to put a, a chain around my waist and, and, and hook it to the, to the thing. But no matter what happened on the outside, inside I was so warm and cozy because it was so thick and it was also dry. Why? Because that surrounded me. God can give you a joy that no matter what happens on the outside, it can affect your emotions because you're human. But it, it won't affect your spirit. It won't affect your spirit. So, so joy and, and happiness are not the same. Number two, here's a big one. Joy is the antidote for depression. I want to stop right here and tell you, I, 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 uh, it, it really disheartens me when I hear Christians look at people that are depressed and, and, and full of anxiety. And they say, well, you just need to pray more. You just need to read your Bible more and seek God and everything will be okay. No, it won't. If you truly understand mental, health, I mean, mental illness, it's not the same. It, it's, it's almost like it's a disease. And, and, and it just don't just go away because you want to pray. Now, now we totally believe God. People right here in this altar have many times have, have gotten free and, and delivered from anxiety. People with depression have gotten delivered from anxiety and, and depression. But, but on the surface, it's, it's kind of like going to someone with cancer and saying, well, just pray more. You'll be okay. Just read your Bible a little bit more. It'll be fine. No, you need a doctor. You need medicine. When you deal with mental health, you, you need, you need um, a counselor. You need a therapist. You may, may even need medication until God heals you. We're going to totally believe for healing. But mental health, so for some reason, as Christians, we act like it. Well, you're just sad. Just going through a bad time. Just pray. It'll be okay. And we got to understand that we got, we, you know, that, that, that's why people leave the church. Because they're like, nobody even cared about me. They just, think, they just think I'm sad. When it's really a bigger situation than that. Ter depression is a terrible disease. 38 million people in America battle, battle clinical depression. You know why it's not more than 38 million? Because men don't go talk to the doctor and tell them they're depressed. And some women, too. It would be a whole lot higher than that if they went to the doctor and, and talked about it. It's one of the most common illnesses in the world, especially right now. Mental health is at an all-time high because you got COVID, you got politics, you got the, the race situation, you, you got just, just being stuck inside your house, you got lockdowns, you got masks. Man, it, it, mental health is at an all-time high right now. We should never look at anybody um, and, and, and say that, you know what, hey, I just want you to know that I just think you need to, see to pray a little more. I know you go through a hard time, but we need to know there's more to it than that. We need to really trust God and pray with people and, and help them and help them get help, help. World Health Organization says depression causes more disabilities than any other illness. It's the second leading cause of death, um, um, of, of the second leading cause of disease um, in, uh, in the hospital right now. It's second only to heart disease. Depression is rampant. See, and there's really no cure for it. It's just, it's, it's all, a, most it's a mental thing. You can treat the situations, but you can't really cure it. It's got to be a God thing when God cures. And, and you can have joy, and joy can help you with that. So I want to give you some hope today. I want to give you a key that can, that can help you in that. I'm going to give you some hope today in that. Isaiah, it's found in Isaiah um, 61 um, and 3. Here's how we can have hope in, in times of depression. And, and anxiety he says to console those who mourn in Zion those that are sad those that are mourning those that are down to give them beauty for ashes here it is the all of joy for for mourning the all of joy 
for your mourning. And then even better than this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. The, li the living Bible says, to all him who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of heaviness, for God has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. See, I was made and created to worship God. And I want you to, I want you to know, and I've come to realize myself in my own, my own life, that praise and depression cannot exist at the same time. Because in the presence of Jehovah, troubles vanish. Hearts are mended in the presence of Jehovah. Now the problem that we have and the problem that I have is that whenever I'm down and out, I don't want to praise because I don't feel like praising because I'm mad or I'm upset. But if we want that joy, that's why it says counting all joys. It's our choice. You can count on all joy or you can sit there and whine and cry and, you know, with your tail tucked between your legs, oh, poor, poor, poor me. You know, or we can say, you know what, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to get in your presence because I know in your presence, even if it's just this time of peace, I can get in your presence and joy will, 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 will help me. And in the presence of Jehovah, all my troubles will vanish. And we have to know that, that regardless of circumstances, we have to worship regardless of our circumstances. We have to get in his presence. According to scripture, it says right there, it says, I am a strong and graceful oak tree that God himself planted here on earth. You know, there's a certain time of the year that, that, that the big old oak um, magnolias are bloom. You know, they got them big old beautiful white flowers. You know, me and Gina walk around the block a lot. Well, not as much now because it's cold. We've got to figure out how to do that. But we walk around, walk around the house or the yard or something for a few minutes. But, but it's, uh, these big, we, we can go around a corner. There's this one corner we turn, and right before we turn, we can smell these beautiful magnolias. They, they're so beautiful smell. And they got this big, beautiful white white flower and it's just gorgeous um and and it's a perfect bloom and the magnolia trees it's a very slow growing tree but after it takes root it can grow for one to two hundred years and that's the beautiful white blooms that comes out of this beautiful tree and it's planted why is it why and no matter what happens the cold of the winter the scorching sun of the summer it always stands strong because it's got deep roots in the earth. In your, when, you, when your roots go down deep into the earth and you've got good roots, no matter what happens in your life, will affect you either. You'll say, you know what? It's okay. I know I'm going to bloom. I know it's hot right now. I know it's cold right now. I know I'm getting, getting heat right now. But you know what? After all this is over, I'm going to bloom. And I'm going to have this beautiful. And so what you do is you, you try to go ahead and bloom right there in the middle. You get in God's little bubble of his presence and allow yourself to bloom in worship. And the word of God says that our worship is a sweet smelling savor to God. So we are that flower. And we can bloom right where we're planted, wherever we're planted. In the deepest, darkest hours of our lives, we could be a strong and graceful oak by going to God in prayer and worship and get in, his, get in His presence. And in His presence, just all the troubles can just disappear. And He can heal us in that moment. That's why we have joy for, a moment, for, for, for mourning and a garment of praise instead of heaviness. He says, okay, give me your heaviness and I'll give you, my, I'll give you a, a, a garment of praise. Give me your mourning and I'll give you some joy. Psalms 140 says, I want to, uh, it tells us, on Psalms 140, it tells us how depression is broken in worship. 
I want to read it in New Living Translation. It says, He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on the solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He is, here it is. Here's the key. Here's what he does. He did all that. How did he do it? He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed, and they will put their trust in him. God wants to give you a new song. In times of depression, God wants to give you a new song. And you know what? It may be a song that you've had for a long time. You just maybe think about it different. You sing it different. You know, I, I find myself, and I'm all about the, the, the new worship. I love it. I just, I just, you know, I just, that's what I, when I'm in church, that's what I want to hear. But when I'm by myself or I'm in a car, I find myself sometimes singing an old hymn. You know, I love old hymns when I'm just riding down the road. And when I'm in church, I want to worship God. A lot of the old hymns worship me, you know, me and my grandma and everybody else. But anyway, so, so the thing is, is that, that, that I want to worship God when I'm here. But when I'm, ride, when I'm walking down, the, when I'm riding down the road, man, or I'm around a house and I find myself just singing a hymn. And I don't even, sometimes it'll just come up. And I'll just think about that, you know. And it flows to the, you know, to the highest mountain, you know, and, and it flows to the lowest valley. You know, he, he'll give me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. I love that. How great thou art. Some of the songs. But God will get, and sometimes maybe God will give you a new song that you just, you know what, that it's just from your heart. You may not be a songwriter, but it's just a song that you sing that you can just make up in the moment. God, I love you, Lord. I praise your holy name. Whatever it may be. Oh, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. You, know, just, you just make up your own worship. You just, you know, you're just a new song. And you begin to do that. And that depression will just, just all of a sudden start dissipating out of your spirit. Good. Excuse me. God is going to give you more hope than you've ever had. If you're suffering with depression today, I want you to know with a, with a, that, that you have a heavy heart, that God can give you joy for mourning and beauty for ashes, and he can turn that around for that spirit of heaviness and give you a, a garment of praise today. He can help you. One way that you can tell that if you're healed um, from, from the heaviness of depression is, one way that you can tell that you're healed from all that is you stop making it your identifier. All of a sudden, you know, you, how are you doing? I'm depressed. Man, I'm just, I'm just so down. You ever heard that? How are you doing, man? I'm just going through it, man. Oh, my God. But when we get, you, you know you're getting healed when you say, hey, I just claimed a victory. I'm just praising God through, through, the, through the storm, and I'm just giving him praise. You, all of a sudden, it's not your identifier no more. It's not that I'm depressed. It's I'm coming out of that. Hey, I've got the joy in my heart. Don't matter what's happening on the outside. Hell on the outside, joy on the inside. How are you doing? I've got the joy of the Lord in my soul. I'm just trusting in God. I'm just, I'm just trusting in God. You know, it does not come out of our identifier anymore. And we get to the place where we talk about it all the time. But you see, the thing is, is that depression is not you. It's, it, it, it's, it's what you're going through. It's what you're going through at the time. I tell people who has been delivered from situations. They've been delivered out of stuff. And then all of a sudden, there'll come a day, many years down the road or whatever, and, and, and something will happen again related to that. And I'll say, listen, you were delivered from that. Now, this is what you did today. This is wrong today. This is a sin today. But that's what you did. But that's not who you are anymore. So get up, ask God for forgiveness, and go on and quit giving the devil the glory to make him think that he has a chance to addict you again. So we got to understand that, that you know what, when, when we do things, God, this is, and you can just talk to God, that's not who I am. God, and I, I'm all the time telling God this. I'm, I'm sharing my heart now. I say, God, you know my heart. You know, my heart is not against you. My heart, God, but my flesh is strong sometimes, and I get mad or, or whatever it is, God. And you know my heart, God. You know my heart, and my heart is pure. 
but my flesh is weak sometimes, Lord. And we got to know. And so, God, I just need your joy. I just need your peace. I need your comfort. And we just know, and we got to do that. So you got to realize that I am a strong and graceful oak. I am, I have a new song to sing. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. I'm an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. I am, I am your child, God. And I am saved that I am a Christian. God, I'm going to be okay. I'm not this evil person. I made a mistake, Lord. I did wrong. I've sinned, whatever your situation may be. But God, I'm a strong, graceful oak, and my roots are deep, and I won't be knocked down by the storm. It's not going to, I may sway, but I'm never going to crack. Come on, somebody. I'm about to preach now. I have a rich, sharp, two-edged sword in, in, in my hand, and I'm ready to fight the enemy with it. I have the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation. I have the belt of truth on me. I have my armor on God. I am who you say I am. And I've been sentenced to heaven. I've been sentenced to heaven as my home. I've, I've, I've got saved and I got sentenced. Saved and sentenced. I'm saved and now my sentence is, I, I spend eternity in heaven. The Lord wants to give you that new song this morning. When you begin to praise, remember that, that depression has to leave. And then number three, joy comes from serving people. Joy comes from serving people. Um, Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. The New, New Living Translation says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will them themselves be refreshed. If you're down, go bless somebody. Go love somebody. Go give to somebody. Go help somebody. And then because you are Jesus, others, and you, because you got them right in their order, you say, God, I submit to you. I don't feel good. I'm depressed, but I'm going to go bless somebody else. He's going to bless you because his word in Proverbs says that if you bless others and you refresh others, you will be refreshed. That's why it's better to give than to receive. You and I, with all our problems, we have all our concerns. You know, but we are not the center of the universe. And the quicker we find that out, the quicker we'll be, be more healed. That it's not all about us. It's not all about me. We've got to realize that we, basically what he's saying is, what's that song? I give myself away so you can use me. You know what I'm talking about? I give myself away. My life's not my own. You know, I love that song. I give myself away. God, I give myself away. I empty myself, God, uh, uh, and, uh, and so you can fill me back up. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of the faith, for, listen to this. I've, I've read the scripture a lot, but I don't know. It just, I guess it just hit, it hit me in the feels this time the way he did it. It says, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I had to stop as soon as I read that. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the most torturous, painful death ever. And he went to the cross with joy. Wow. That just slapped me in the face. My little mess I deal with. Jesus said, I'm going to the cross, the most painful, torturous death ever. And I, and I go with the joy that's set before me because I know what's going to happen after I do this. I know that when I do this, people are going to be saved. I know that people are going to come to Christ. He, he knows that. And so we need to go and face, face our situations with the joy that's set before us, that our future our, that's, that's set before us is heaven. 
What's set before you? Heaven is set before us. Eternity is set before us. So Jesus had joy headed to the cross. I want that joy. God says, my peace I give to you. Can you give me your joy too? <laughs> I want your joy. He gives some final words in verse 9 through 13 in, in John. He says, I have loved you even as a father has loved me. So remain in my love. When you obey my commandments and you remain in my love, just as I obey the Father's commandments and remain in his love, I have told you these things that you may be filled with joy. So how are you filled with joy? You remain in his love, you obey his commandments, and you, you, stay, you, keep, you keep to be a, a devoted follower of Jesus. And you bless others. Verse, verse 12 says, this is my commandment. Love each other the same way that I've loved you. And so this, then, well, how do you measure that? Here's another thing that God opened my eyes up to this week that's a different, different variation of the scripture. There's no greater love than to lay down a life for a friend. Yes. If Daryl's sitting there and I, and I take a bullet for him, man, that was my friend. There's no greater love. He knows I love him the, the most I can. But also, how many people do that? <laughs> that's what I started thinking this week. I was like, people would do that, but it says to lay down your life. Okay, so it don't happen a whole lot. So what else could it be that we lay down our life for our friend, that we prefer our friends, our neighbors, that we, we put them first, that we lay down ourselves and say, God, it's not about me. I'm not the center of the universe. I want to bless somebody else. I know I'm going through a hard time, but I'm going to lay down my life, God, and the stuff that's going on in my life now, right now, I'm going to lay this down, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go to them, and I'm going to, I'm going to prefer them, and I'm going to honor them, and I'm going to refresh them, God. And I just, I just when I don't know, when I read that, it just made so much sense to me differently. It just, it was kind of weird. I loved it, whenever, how God really showed that to me in that moment. So here, if you empty yourself and you lay down your life for other people, you will never ever have to pray again for the Holy Spirit to give you his gifts. In fact, you will empty yourself and the Holy Spirit will fill you up with his power, with his gifts, with his revelation, with his understanding. So when you empty yourself, Holy Spirit will fill you with himself. We empty out ourselves and the Holy Spirit fills us up. And it's a wellspring of the Holy Spirit, and I believe, but I also believe, even though that you empty yourself up, but if you stay full of yourself, and you're self-absorbed, self-centered, and you're selfish, you will never experience the joy of the Lord. God's just not in that. He's like, you got your own little joy, you're joyful about yourself. You, 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 you're full of pride, and you're happy that you are who you are, and that's fine. But, you, but I'm not going to give you my joy until you get empty yourself, and then I'll fill you up with joy. The Holy Spirit is not there joy is not present and then number four the last one joy is a free gift from God just like salvation joy is a gift second Corinthians 6 and 16 and what agreement has a temple of God with idols for you are a temple of the living God as God has said I will dwell in him and them and and walk among them I will be their God and they shall be my people I love being the people of God. I love it. You know, because, because when, I get, when, I, when Holy Spirit drew me, I was messed up, right? I was a messed up somebody. But let me read what Galatians 5, 22, 23 says. This is, this is so powerful. Listen to this. Catch this. Hear me. 
But when the Holy Spirit controls our life, He will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no conflict with the Jewish laws. The first situation we've got to learn is there's two key words I want you to hear. One is controls. Being born again is not a religious experience. It's a transference of power. God, you now control my life. I don't control myself. You are in control. I'm not coming down front to get saved. And, and, and when, you, when you come down front to get saved or you receive Christ, what you're basically saying is, I'm no longer the boss. I turn over all my keys to the boss man, Jesus. He can, the Holy Spirit controls my life now. You know, don't get offended if you had this bumper sticker because it was really cool in one, at one time. Um, uh, but it's when it says, God is my co-pilot, I don't want God to be my co-pilot. I want him to be my pilot. Matter of fact, I don't want to be his co-pilot. I want to be back in first class. I don't want to have nothing to do with where we're going. I want to sit back there in first class with extended leg room and somebody serving me, and God say, take me where you will, Lord. I'm ready to go. Let's, let's do this. Wherever you, wherever you land a plane, I'll get off. And when it's time to come home, you tell me to come back, I'll get, I'll get back on the plane, and we'll go wherever else you lead me. You know? And so, so we want God to, to be our pilot of our life and in control. The second word is it says this kind of fruit. If you, if you allow God to control your life, you'll get this kind of fruit. And I should have had a fruit basket. Now, if I just had a, a basket of, of apples and I said, you know, if God controls your life, you'll have this kind of fruit. What kind of fruit do you think you're going to have? Apples, right? But if I have a mix, a, a mix up the fruit basket of all kind of different fruit, and I say, if he controls your life, you'll have this kind of fruit. You're not just going to pick one of those fruit. You're going to say, this kind of fruit, all that. So when the Holy Spirit con con controls your life, you have all that fruit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, temperance, and faith. You get all that fruit with the Holy Spirit. You can't, and you can't pick and choose what kind of fruit's in that basket. And you can't pick and choose when you want to use one of those fruit fruits in that basket. You can't say, well, they made me mad. I ain't loving today. No, 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 no. They, they all come together. Matter of fact, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's one fruit. It's just all together. It's one, it's one fruit. It's not different fruits. You don't pick and choose which one you want and which one you're going to set aside for that day. We have to take them all. We have to stop asking what makes me happy and say, Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit will control more of my life. It's a dangerous question to ask. But if you want supernatural joy, if you want joy, unspeakable joy, then you, then, then you have to allow, ask Holy Spirit, control my life. My last scripture here, Psalms 43, 3 and 4. Oh, send your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. Then I will go to the, to the altar of God and um, to God. To the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and on the harp I will praise you, O God my God. The New Living Translation says, send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to the holy mountain, to the place where you live. Then I will go to the altar of God, um, to God, the source of all my joy, and I will praise you with my harp. Um, o God my God. And we can praise God with our harp, and our harp can just be our, our voice even. Joy is yours this morning if you want it. But you have to ask God right now. 
You have to ask Holy Spirit. Here, here's how you get the joy from this point forward. Holy Spirit, where are you not in control of my life? I want you to ask yourself that. I want you to ask Holy Spirit that right now so he can convict you in that area. Say, Holy Spirit, I want that joy, but where in my life are you not in control? Where have I not given you control in? I've given you control in all this stuff. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in first class, but I'm texting you to directions. No, no, no. Where have I not given you full control at in my life? God, where, Holy Spirit, have I not given you full control? And you just know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you're walking through a valley, don't stop. If you're going through, through, through a valley, keep going through it. Go through it. Don't stop and sit down and sackcloth and ashes and oh poor me. Keep going. If you're depressed, get in his presence. And when you see someone, go to them and love on them and help them through and pray with them and, and talk to them and, and, and make sure they got the help that they need. Just give God full control of your life. Would anybody besides me like, that, like to pray that today? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the joy unspeakable that you offer me. But if I ever receive it or not, it's a gift, God, that I have to open up. But if I'm full of myself, you can't fill me up with it because there's no room. God, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus that, that you help us all seek our hearts. Where do we not have Holy Spirit in, in control at? And wherever that's at, please show us so we can surrender control before we wreck. Help us, Lord, today to seek your face. And despite circumstances on the outside, we may be happy, may be sad, may be joy, may be mad on the outside. But on the inside, there's this there's this constant, pure joy, knowing that you are our king, that you're with us, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, that heaven is our home, that everything's going to be okay in the end because you promised it to us. Thank you for that joy, Lord. We give you praise and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. And if you're dealing with depression or something like that today in your own line, please message us or put it in the comments. And if you want to message privately, um, you're, you're welcome to do that. And we will pray with you and, and, and uh, do what we can to help you um, through that process.